Grace, mercy, and peace are yours. From God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We are continuing our sermon series called God Loves Nobodies, a book I read this summer by Pastor Matthew Dobler, titled the same thing, really is the inspiration, I suppose you could say, for using this theme as our sermon series. Last week, we saw that we want to be somebody and that we are somebody in Jesus. And today, we'll talk about Philippians chapter 2 and the greatest nobody. Do you ever feel this way, that nobody really understands you? Nobody really sees you? Nobody knows you really deeply? Jesus does. In our confession of sins, we heard that we have one in Jesus who is tempted every way just as we are. And today we're going to see that Jesus not only understands you, but that he went even one step further. He was willing to take your place so that you and I have the opportunity to live with him forever. I don't know how, what kind of YouTube fans we here have here, but uh, I know this show on YouTube has been on for a while now, these episodes that they put on YouTube called Undercover Lift. Just out of curiosity, has anybody seen Undercover Lift? No one. Oh, a few people are. Uh, okay, you're not ashamed to admit it. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I don't think you even have to have seen a show to understand what it is. Undercover Lyft, spelled L-Y-F-T. Yes, they actually put celebrities in a car that becomes a Lyft pickup and see how long it takes for the people to recognize that they're in the car with a celebrity. I found this one quite comical. Because if a seven-foot large man was my Lyft driver and he looked like that, I'm pretty sure I would recognize that that was Shaquille O'Neal. I don't know. I didn't watch the episode. I'm not sure how long it took the person to be like, you're not a Lyft driver, you're Shaquille O'Neal. But you get the idea, right? People like to disguise themselves sometimes to see how people will react to them. And I thought, as I thought about Jesus coming to earth, it's kind of what Jesus did, didn't he? I mean, for the first 30 years of his life, we have very little information in Scripture about what his life was like. We don't know what it was like for him to grow up. We don't know what it was like to interact with others, his brothers and sisters. We just have little to no information. And maybe most of the people around Jesus knew there was something different about him, but really couldn't put their finger on it. Even when he becomes he's publicly revealed and he begins his public ministry, Sure, people flocked to him because he did miracles, but did they really recognize why Jesus was here on earth? In a way, Jesus was undercover. The Son of God was here on earth disguised as a human being. And many of the people who interacted with him never quite got why he was here. How, how could they have missed it? Well, maybe a better question for us today is not the how, but the why Jesus was here to begin with. Because that's what brings comfort to you and to me. And as the, as the Apostle Paul describes it in Philippians chapter 2, what Jesus really became is the greatest nobody. And there's reasons for that. Jesus became nothing for us. And because he was willing to become nothing for us, he gives us everything that we need for salvation. The Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 2 is talking about an attitude of humility. And as he's talking about that attitude, he holds Jesus up as the gold standard for humility. Take a look at verses 6 and 7 again. 
Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. If you had a chance to look at this in your Bible, you will find that it's kind of set off by itself, almost like in poetical verse form. And there are many people who believe that this may have been an early Christian hymn that people sang that that covered both Jesus being made low and then being exalted again when his work on earth was complete. But Paul uses it to demonstrate the humility of Jesus. Nobody embodied humility any better than Jesus did when he lived his life on this earth. No one would ever write the story the way the Bible reveals it to us. The Son of God became a human being. And there was no pomp and circumstance to his arrival on earth. As a matter of fact, the exact opposite happened. Imagine, just for a minute with me, I don't know if we think about this often enough, that there's Jesus up in heaven. He's God. And yet he doesn't consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. He's got all of the majesty of God, all of the power, all of the glory. And yet what does he do? He becomes a human being. And not in a flashy way, not at all. The exact opposite. You know the details of Jesus' birth. Who would ever write that the Son of God would be born on earth and would be wrapped in strips of cloth and laid in a feeding trough for animals. Relatively few people even knew that Jesus was born. Oh, the angels announced it to some shepherds and they came to see that Jesus was born. But outside of that, nobody knew that Jesus had even arrived. And then he grew up. Did you catch Isaiah's description of Jesus as he grew up? There was nothing in his appearance No beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing that we should desire him. He was a nobody. Nobody knew who he was. Maybe Paul says it as well as it can be said. Jesus made himself nothing. The original Greek there actually says that Jesus emptied himself. And the concept behind that is that Jesus was willing to give up his full power as God. Oh, we still saw flashes of it, didn't we, during Jesus' lifetime? When he walked on water, when he fed 5,000, when he raised people from the dead. But for the most part, as people looked at Jesus, what they saw was someone just like them. No one extra special Because Jesus was willing to be made low and to give up those full rights, the full power that he had as God. But it didn't stop there. Jesus went further. Take a look at verse 8. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Again, we almost have to just stop, pause for a moment and marvel at that. That Jesus was so willing to be made low. We call that sometimes, and maybe you remember this from our, did my button stick, Kyle? (laughs) It was kind of going crazy there. All right, you'll get me back. It's all good. When we think about that from from our own standpoint, from, from the idea of being made low, you might remember learning the Apostles' Creed once upon a time, or we say it on Sundays often, where we lay out 
the idea behind Jesus' humiliation, that he was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of a Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. That's the Son of God. All of those things are things that the Son of God did. He was willing to suffer the scourge of being hung on a cross. As he quotes Deuteronomy in Galatians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul says this, Cursed is everyone who's hung on a tree. That's Jesus. That's what he was willing to take for you and, to me and for me. He was willing to be obedient to death, even death on a cross. What do you see on that cross? Do you see someone weak? A nobody? Or do you see love? Do you see the love that's there for you? For me? For every single person? Because Jesus wasn't paying for his own sins. He didn't go to the cross for things that he had done. He went to the cross for us. To make the payment for our sins. Jesus was willing to be a nobody. So that everyone, everybody, you, me, could understand that he was somebody that we needed. The savior from sin who was our only hope. And the one who defeated sin in our place. I sometimes wonder how many times during his ministry Jesus would have loved to use these words. Don't you know who I am? So I googled that this week. It's always dangerous to google things. And came up with this beautiful meme. Yep, don't you know who? I don't even know if that little baby's name is Alan, but I thought it was kind of interesting. But think about that phrase. Do you hear people use that from time to time? Don't you know who I am? Maybe people use that if they're trying to get into a place that, that is kind of close to the normal person. Oh, don't you know who I am? Or, or maybe if they are pulled over for speeding. Oh, don't you know who I am? Or, or maybe if they want to exert some influence over you. You know, remember who I am. Wouldn't Jesus have been able to say that as many times as he wanted during his life on this earth? I think especially about Jesus on the cross. As nails were being driven into his hands, couldn't he have simply said to the Roman soldiers, don't you know who I am? But instead, Jesus said this, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. That's the purpose that Jesus came. It's the why that we've been kind of talking around today so far. You see, Jesus didn't come to this earth for his own benefit. The why he came to earth is for us. For every sin, for every one of our failures, every moment of greed, every moment of pride, every moment of lust, every moment that we failed God, Jesus went to the cross for us. Don't you love the words from Isaiah 53? He was pierced for our transgressions. He, Jesus, was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we're healed. You see what God is telling us there. Jesus is our substitute. Jesus took our place. All of the penalty for sin that should have been suffered by each one of us, Jesus suffered on the cross for us. And he might look weak hanging on that cross, but there's no weakness on that cross that's the power of Jesus taking on Satan, taking on sin, taking on death. And as he battled sin and death, 
on that cross, a few days after he died, he left the tomb vacant. And that ushered in the defeat of sin and death and Satan. It's why you and I can have so much confidence in Jesus' words from the cross. It is finished. Sin is paid in full. Today, tomorrow, every day of your life, you have that confidence. Whatever comes to your life, whatever sins bother your conscience, whatever guilt comes back time and time again, it is finished. It's paid for by your Savior Jesus. It's why he came to this world, to be the Savior from sin that we need. Isn't that something great for us to reflect on every single day? to remember what Christ has done for us, to look at his humility and realize it wasn't just an example that Jesus came to set when he humbled himself and became obedient to death. He did it to save us. And because we know we have life with him forever, we can live for him. Look for opportunities to serve others as Jesus served us and rejoice every day to know that our place in heaven is secure. Few takeaways from our sermon today. Number one, Jesus willingly became a nobody for us. I love how Paul wrote it to the Corinthians in his second letter. God made him, Jesus, who had no sin, to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Number two, Jesus suffered death on a cross to defeat sin and death for us. As Jesus himself was talking to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, he said this, Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that all who look to him will be saved. Finally, number three, through Jesus we have life in place of death. We know the truth of Paul's words in Romans chapter 6, The wages of sin is death, but the gift, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thinking of people who went undercover, I couldn't help but think of Uncle Drew. And maybe some of you remember Uncle Drew. He was part of an advertising campaign for Pepsi back in oh, 2012, 2013. I believe they even made Uncle Drew into a full-length film a few years back. Do you know who Uncle Drew is? Maybe I saw some people nodding. He's a current NBA player named Kyrie Irving. And this ad campaign, he would show up at these playgrounds for pickup basketball games looking like that. And no one wanted to pick him. They didn't think he could play anymore. But then he would get a chance to go out on the court and all of a sudden Kyrie Irving was dribbling between his legs and around his back. And then he was doing the crossover move and then swishing jump shots from all over. But the best was when he dunked. And people were like, whoa, wait a minute. How does that old guy jump that high and dunk a basketball? And of course, then the reveal happened. It was actually an NBA star and not some older gentleman who just decided to come to the gym for a pickup game. In a way, that's Jesus, isn't it? Disguising himself as he came to this earth, not having anything about him that would draw us to him until he was taken to the cross. And on that cross, we see Jesus' power and his love. His power to defeat our enemies. His love that reminds us that it's finished and that we are saved. Yes, Jesus became the greatest nobody so that we can live with him forever in heaven. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding will guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.